So you're a podcast listener. That's awesome. Did you know that you can enjoy an even better listening experience with the new Pocket Casts app? With powerful search and discovery tools, they've made it easier than ever before to find your next favourite podcast. It was even recognised by Wired Magazine as the podcast app every iPhone user needs. Pocket Casts is a beautifully designed and easy to use app that offers amazing features like play without subscribing and advanced episode search. It helps you quickly discover and enjoy your favourite podcast with more than half a million shows to choose from. Change can be hard, but sometimes it's worth it. Download Pocket Casts today from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store or on the web at pocketcasts.com. Listen to Game Time. I'm Tim Baxter. And I'm Danny Barcelona. And this is Game Time. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Game Time podcast. The World Cup is coming up in four days from recording this. So for the next two, two and a half weeks, we'll be covering everything World Cup. So we're going to jump straight into it. Of course, the World Cup comes up in, I think it's three days now from time of recording. It starts on Thursday. So we're going to jump straight into everything World Cup. We're going to talk about some of the squads, some of the best squads uh, of the, the 32 teams entered. Who's going to come first and second in the group stages. What do you think is the strongest squads in, of each team? In terms of depth, you can't really look past teams like France or Germany. No. I mean, that French team, we were looking at it earlier, and they just look ridiculous. There is so much strength in depth. I mean, even without... So, ignoring the, the thought of 30-team, 23-man squad for the team, the, that France squad, they have about five players for each position that are just just insane. I mean, they're starting 11. They've got people like Griezmann, Pogba, Kante, Lloris, Varane, Payet, Dembele, like so many great players. But then if you go down the list, they've got their fifth, on, on, on this site, the fifth highest, uh, the, sort of the fifth choice player for striker is Mbappe, who's like the second most expensive player in the world, which is stupid. Along with Lacazette, Moussa Dembele, Benzema, Giroud, who's going, like, it's, their strength is ridiculous. And the thing that's unbelievable is you look at their standby list as well and you've yeah. got Wasson Ben Yedda knocked Manchester United out of the Champions League <laughs> with yeah. a double at Old Trafford. Kingsley Coman, who's won basically everything he can win yeah. at his age. Bayern player, Juventus. Like, PSG as well when he PSG. was 14 years old. Oh my God. Uh, who else have they got on there? Alexander Lacazette, who uh, signed for Arsenal. Martial, who basically has been uh, chained to the bench at Manchester United. Yeah, disagrees with Mourinho there. Adrian Rabio, who... Disagreed with being put on the standby list. Yeah, so. he got so oh, he got so angry when he wasn't picked. It was hilarious. And then even Musa Sissoko and Kurt Zuma make that. <laughs> Kurt Zuma relegated with Stoke, but on loan from Chelsea. And Musa Sissoko, who just seems to turn up for international tournaments. Not this one though. He's not going. Not this. Ah, oh, that's a shame. He's uh, he's been a bit indifferent for Spurs, really, hasn't he? But uh, Kurt Zuma is a tank. He's a good player. He's but... huge. Um, I, I mean, being a Chelsea fan, I really I do want to see him back uh, next season as a part of our defence, because I think it could bring so much to the team. But You've, you've played your hand there. You're a Chelsea fan now. I am. Now people know. Yeah, I'm going to get a load of stick for that, <laughs> Yes, you are. Well, well, I'm just going to pass over that very quickly there. But, I mean, he's, he's huge. He's only, what, 23? Yeah, he's young. So he's got so much time ahead of him, um, and he can bring so much to wherever he plays. So uh, it's, is, he, is he in this France squad? He's not. No, he's on standby list. He's on standby. I mean, they've got so many great defenders there anyway, like Varane and Titi, uh, Adil Rami, Kimpembe, Kim who Pem- are all like Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG players. So 
That's crazy. It's understandable when you play for Stoke and you don't get to the World Cup squad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Saying that, a man who does play for Stoke and is in his World Cup squad, Ramadan Sobi, the left Ramadan, winger. Is he? Yes, he's in the Egypt team, Ooh. which will be severely depleted if Mohamed Salah doesn't actually play. I really hope he makes it. I think everyone hopes he makes it. He, uh, he posted a few pictures on Instagram or Twitter of him on the plane. I reckon he will play some part. I mean, even if... He was obviously going. If they make it out of the group stage, that might be enough time for him to actually mm. get fit if he's not already at the start. So hopefully... I mean, it'd be a massive miss. And it'd be so upsetting for him as well if he doesn't make it. He's, after the season he's had. He's been unbelievable. But going back to our players left out of teams, the Germany squad oh, looks ridiculous. and. I know it's been around for a, probably about a week at recording this, but how is Leroy Sane not going to the World Cup? I'm, I was stunned. I was uh, uh, shell-shocked when he didn't... He wasn't on the, in the squad. Because he's... What a phenomenal player he's been for the, this last season. He's been so integral to Man City. If you watch them play, you think, oh yeah, De Bruyne, David Silva, Aguero. But Sane's so, so important to that team because he's a genuine wide player. So he gives them space. He allows then space in the middle of the park for De Bruyne and Silva to play and show off how good they are. Which I think is genuinely really important to Germany as well, because they've got a lot of talent in midfield. Like, look at Tony Kroos. Like, he needs space to play. Um, and if he's got that, he is maybe the second best midfielder in world football. Third, after maybe Kante and... Oh, God. Modric. I'm, I, can't, I don't know if Modric is better than him or not. It's very difficult to tell. I think Modric is more of a complete player. Oh, if we're going to go into that debate, yeah, Modric is probably top of that list because he's yeah. unbelievable. I st- I'm right. No Chelsea bias. I still think Kante is number two, but but right. he's a different player from those two. He is, but That's I think him. I think Kante walks into any team in the world. It's Prob- straight into the probably first runs level. into it. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. I've, never, I've, never, I've never seen the man walk. No, he's he's insane. There's about four of him on the pitch at one time. But no, so I th- but Tony Cruz is definitely obviously obviously up there and. He cost twenty million pounds. He cost less than Jordan Henderson. Oh my god! It was well. How long was it? But five five years ago now, he went signed it's, from Bayern. It's been yeah, it's been a while. Twenty. Oh, that's but unbelievable. He signed for twenty million pounds, um, which is just a steal. Obviously, it's ridiculous. Um, Liverpool paid that much money for Alberto Aquilani as well. Oh, that's so. That's a massive <laughs> kick in the teeth, isn't it? Um, but so, if Sani was playing, I think it gives Tony Cruz that ability to play but mm. I mean they've got a lot of young talented wingers there like they did they picked Julian Brandt over him who's really really promising but I don't think he's quite had the season that Sane's had I think uh, Sane's what 10 goals and 13 assists or something like that 14 goals 14 and goals. 19 assists Nine, oh my young God. player of the season in the Premier yeah. League um, <laughs> I think I was reading reading something earlier this week and I think it's just the style of play that Joachim Lur likes mm. he he wants, if you look at his wingers that he's taken, Julian Brandt, as you mentioned, Thomas Muller, Marco Royce, they're more inside forwards. And I think that's what he's looking yeah. for rather than Sane, who has been sort of hugging the wing for City yes. all season. But I mean, I think he can play that because he's got the ability to get past players, which not many players have, like the ability to actually run and beat defenders. So I think you can play him more inside, tell him to play that and he would be able to do it. Like he's a young guy. I'm sure if a coach told him, it, like if you're right to get into the World Cup squad, you need to be like more direct and more like play more centrally. I'm sure he would do that if he was asked. Oh yeah, but um, I'd do anything if I was in a World <laughs> yeah. Cup squad. Danny, run down the wing. Yes, anything yeah, <laughs> you want. I mean, whilst we're talking about Germany, the goalkeeper situation is quite interesting because yes. obviously Neuer has made the squad, 
with Marc-Andre Testegen and Kevin Trapp of PSG. But Neuer hasn't played all season no. because he's been injured. So if you were Joachim Le, do you start the goalkeeper that started for Barcelona all season in Testegen? Or do you recall Manuel Neuer just because he's Manuel Neuer? I think there's about three goalkeepers in the world you can do that for. Uh, it's in just play them having not played all season. Neuer is one of them. Yeah. Because um, Stegen's had a good season and he's improved a lot. Um, I'm still a bit surprised that Trapp's going instead of Leno. Because I thought Leno yeah. would be going instead. Because I think he's genuinely like, he's a Champions League quality goalkeeper, mm. is Bernardo, and he's not going, which is a shame. Is he on the standby list? He is on the standby list, yeah. Yeah, so that's a bit of a shame. But I think Neuer... If he's fit, you can just start him whenever because he's shown how good he is over God knows how many years. Yeah, He's shown that he is the best in the world. I think there's not... I'm trying to think of goalkeepers that match up to him. You've got Oblak now, who is stunning. He's a great I think Alisson, give him one more season if he performs at the level he has done this season. He's definitely up there. De Gea, obviously. De Gea is the, I think De Gea is the only other person you can say that about that could just walk into a team without having played a single match all season. Um, did make a really bad mistake though in their friendly against Switzerland. Did and he? I'm a United fan, so there we go. I've shown my <laughs> hand. He, I don't think I've seen him make a mistake for a long time, and he just dropped the most routine shot from Lichsteiner I've ever seen, and he just dropped did, it. Did just, he do a carrius? He did, and he <laughs> dropped it straight to uh, whoever the other Swiss guy was that tapped it in. But yeah, no, that, he's one of those goalkeepers that is un, he's unbelievable most of the time yeah but when he does drop a clanger you yeah. realize that all goalkeepers are human <laughs> but the thing is i don't think i've seen that from neuer for the last sort of three four years that he's been playing obviously this season aside because he hasn't been playing but you don't ever really see mistakes from him which is again something that you don't get from other goalkeepers like de gea they're still that as good as he is at like the best shot stopper in the world and a few years ago that was the the like the sort of his weakness was that, oh, yeah, everyone's like, oh, he looks amazing because he's a great shot stopper. But then his sort of ability to control the ball in the box and sort of marshal his defenders wasn't quite there. I think that's now improved and you can't say that he's not the top one of the top two best goalkeepers in the world. But there is still that weakness then that he can make mistakes occasionally. Whereas I just don't see it with Neuer. I can't remember the last time he made a mistake Neuer is like that super eccentric though saying that yeah you know he is but then he does play behind that Bayern Munich defence which oh, is yeah. in the Bundesliga which is probably the least competitive of the top five leagues he sits, he sits behind Boateng and Hummels and Alaba who are some of the best defenders in the world oh without a doubt uh, two of which in the Germany World Cup of defence along with Joshua Kimmich as well who's had a brilliant last two seasons where's this come from he was playing Centre mid, and he was about 10th choice in that Bayern Munich midfield behind, because they've got Al, uh, Thiago Alcantara, yeah. Alcantara, sorry. Uh, they had Arturo Vidal, they've had a Xavi Alonso, they had um, Goetze, they Javi had Martinez. Javi the Martinez. They had so many players, and Kimmich was just sort of sat behind all of them. And then he suddenly got, he's like two seasons ago, got moved to right back, and it's just been stunning. I mean, I'm not a religious man. But if I did believe in reincarnation, I'm almost 100% certain that somehow Philip Lahm has transferred his <laughs> yeah. energy into Joshua Kimmich. Yeah. Because he's become such a good right back. It's, it's insane. So, yeah, he's made the World Cup squad, obviously. Do you, do you want me to depress you at the moment? Because I know you're an England fan. Well, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> over the, I'm sort of 
my my belief in England has dropped off very significantly over the past six years. Well, you're supporting England in this yes. World Cup, as you've told me before. Obviously, we've mentioned the backup standby list of France and Germany. Like, oh, don't. Do you, do you want the England standby list? No. Um, Tom Heaton, who's <coughs> obviously been injured most of this season. That's all right. He's been. He he was getting better. I can. Tom Heaton's all right. James Tarkowski, who's had a great yes, season. Yes, he should be in the squad. He's had a great he season. He should be in the squad. Lewis Cook, who's had a good season for yes, Bournemouth. Yes. But Jake Livermore, who uh, got relegated with West Brom. Uh, right. And Adam Lalana. So, oh, dear. So where France could potentially, if someone gets injured, bring in the likes of Lacazette or Rabiot if he decides to turn up. <laughs> you've got no strikers. So if one of Welbeck... Oh, great. Well, Kane gets injured. To be honest, it might benefit our chances if Welbeck gets injured. Um, <laughs> he scored against Costa Rica. I don't care, he sucks. <laughs> um, like, right, I just... The worst thing that can happen to England is Harry Kane getting injured. Because we will lose. Otherwise, who's going to score if Harry Kane gets injured? Maybe Deli Alley. Vard- That's about it. Vardy, he's probably... Oh, I don't... I mean, I'd bench Vardy. You'd bench... I'd start, I'd start oh, Kane yeah. with Rashford. I, it's going to be interesting to see what Southgate seems pretty pretty set on this three five two five three two sort of formation. It's like three one four two six four nine. <laughs> it's, like. just num- it's just it <laughs> just reminds me of um, if you've ever seen Mike Bassett, England manager, where he loves playing four four two. Uh, and they keep telling him to move away, so he develops a formation called the Christmas pudding, which is like <laughs> it's like three defenders and then like two defensive midfielders and then like a, an attacking midfielder and then two strikers, and it just kind of looks like a Christmas pudding. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I saw this thing earlier. Argentina played with the weirdest formation. Oh, um, yes. So they because obviously Argentina, Argentina at the moment have got so much attacking prowess. Like, they've got Messi, Higuain, Icardi, who's not in the squad, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, Dybala, um, Lasenzo, so many attacking players. So they, they, they used a 2-3-4-1 formation. Oh, my. Um, is that enough players? Yeah, it's two. Th- so imagine, imagine like, a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, that is, that is but, maths. Um, Sao Paulo, he plays such weird formations. It is. So... Well, it was like trying to accumulate, like trying to fit all these attacking players into one squad, and they still didn't fit everyone in it. It's because he he plays um, uh, Lucas Bilia from AC Milan as like another centre back, even though he's technically a defensive midfielder. Yeah, it's, I, I'm actually looking at it. It's like a yeah two three four one squad, but I mean starting eleven. But this isn't even with the best. This is just sort of a subpar eleven. So it's Romero in goal, Fazio and Mamana in defence as two centre backs. They've then got Belia sitting sort of in between them just mm. ahead. Salvio and Acuna on the side. And then Di Maria, Dybala, Lanzini and Gomez as a four like, attacking midfielders. And then Correa up top. But if you replace Correa with like Higuain, Gomez with Messi, Lanzini with, I don't know, Icardi or something. And you could play like a 2-3-3-2 three, three, some formation. Like it's, the squad is ridiculous. I forgot about Di Maria as well. It's so the play the attacking players they have is stunning, but I just it's never really worked out for them. Uh, and their group, right? So if you look at their group, Iceland, Croatia, Nigeria, you can probably play that formation against the likes of Nigeria and Iceland. Croatia, as we mentioned before, that midfield is unbelievable. Yeah, Luka Modric, Marcel Brozovic, Perisic, Rakitic. And then Mandzukic up front. You can't play that against no, them. because you will get punished. You, one pass from Modric will split two centre-backs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, their only hope would just be, like, 
keep possession, but in like their opponent's third. So just mm. like pass it between Messi, Higuain. Is, is Di Maria even going? Uh, yeah, he's a hundred percent going. Yeah, he is. And like, yeah, so just pass it between and Aguero, oh, Aguero as well. Like it's, it's, they've got so much talent up front. I forget who's in the squad because there's so many of them. Too many strikers. And Acardi's like... not even there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, who's been linked with Chelsea and I really hope we buy him why don't we do a little Brazil. quick round robin right group A Russia Saudi Arabia Egypt Uruguay who are your top two going through uh, I'm going to go Uruguay and Egypt because that's uh, Suarez Cavani up front combination oh, no. which we, I don't think we've ever really seen fire before mm. but and if now's the time for now's the time for it with Cavani having a pretty good season at PSG uh, and Suarez being Suarez as long as he doesn't bite Chiellini again. Well, he, he won't because he's not thank, there. Thanks for that. But uh, as that's, long as you, <laughs> that's really nice of you to <laughs> remind me that he's going to have a quick flight to Italy, bite Chiellini, and come back on and get substituted. Um, no, as long as he, yeah, so as long as he doesn't come on and do his casual Suarez antics, mm. uh, they will go through. Uh, they've got quite a good strong squad as well. Uh, good defense and a good keeper. But and then Egypt, I'm just hoping that Salah plays so that they can get through because I don't think Russia and Saudi Arabia are going to pose much of a threat. Russia are the lowest ranked team in the World Cup. Really? Yeah, they're hosting a World Cup and they're the lowest ranked team in it. What, they're worse than Panama? They were and abo- Iran. They were above Saudi Arabia, who were their closest rivals, I guess. Uh, and then they, because they haven't really played any competitive matches because they're hosting the World Cup and they've lost all their friendlies, they've, oh dropped, they've dropped below Saudi Arabia. Oh, dear. Um, so gone were the glory days of Arshavin. <laughs> oh wow, that was that was the Euros, wasn't it? When Pavlyuchenko and Arshavin just tore it up, yeah. and they dominated Holland. Yeah. Oh well, Ooh. that's going to be a dull group then. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Ukraine and Egypt will get through. Uh, group B then: Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. One guess to think who goes through in this group. You know what? As much as it looks like a group that Portugal, Spain are going to go through. Do Iran pose much of a threat? I wasn't going to go with Iran. I was going to go with Morocco, who don't have a bad squad. I was talking about this the other day with um, with a couple of friends. And if there's going to be an upset, it's probably going to be Portugal misfiring. Because let's be honest, they tend to do that quite a lot. They do. But then they won the Euros two years ago. And they have Ronaldo. They won yours without Ronaldo because he got substituted and then started crying. Oh, like yeah. the little baby he is. But I mean, uh, like, some of the players they have on Jonas Balanda for Galatasaray is a decent player. Yeah. Uh, Norden Amrabat, who was at Watford last time I remember, yeah. he's now playing for Leganes in Spain. Who I've got Hakim Zayek, who's still up in Holland. He's at Ajax now, oh. um, but he was unbelievable um, yeah. for, I think it was FC Twente before that. They've got Buadus, I think that's what you're Buadus. Oh yes. Um, I'm butchering that massively. He's a he's a he's a good forward. He can produce something as well. So yeah, maybe you're right, but I I don't know if it's enough to get past Portugal. They've got oh they've got Bonatia as well yeah. from Juventus. Many Bonatia. He'll be, he'll be crucial for them if they need to do if they're going to do anything. Because to, to even have one like experienced defender in your team is really important for these like lower mm. ranked countries. Um. But of course, I, I, I don't see them getting past Portugal, especially with like if Ronaldo actually plays to a fifth of his ability. Thing is, though, and I'll say it now, I think Morocco are going to go through that group. I don't know why. I just think Portugal, uh, despite Ronaldo having a brilliant season, I just think they're going to misfire, and I don't know why. Well, 
You can hold. We'll me come to that. back to that. You can hold. I'm going to gonna write it down. <sighs> Great. And we'll come back to it when the group stages are over and see if you are correct. I'll think of a punishment if you're not, because that'd be funny. Um, Moving swiftly on group C. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll pick one as well. I'll pick an upset from a group, and then we'll see if either of us get it right. Group C: France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. This is interesting because obviously France are going through. If they don't, it'll be like the biggest upset in football history. Mm. But I just I I don't know who will go through for that second place because I don't know. I mean, Denmark's a shout because they've got Christian Eriksen and Kasper Schmeichel as well. Kasper Schmeichel. So I I think I'm going to go with Denmark, but I'd quite like Australia to go through. You know. Tim Cahill. Is he he can't he can't surely still be playing. Yes, yes he is. Is he no way? He went to Millwall to uh, get in the Australia <laughs> squad. As if Tim Cahill wasn't gonna get called up to the Australia squad. <laughs> He's a legend. He's an absolute legend. Um, Peru as well. This is probably my favourite. I've got a few players. My favourite story of the World Cup so far is that obviously Peru's captain, Guerrero, was in a drugs ban. So was he? he wasn't allowed to play. He appealed. FIFA said, no, you're still going to get banned. So, and I don't know why, Hugo Lloris, captain of France, Mile Jednak, captain of Australia, and I'll be honest, I don't know who the captain of Denmark is. But It'll be Ericsson, surely. They wrote to FIFA to overturn his drugs ban. No way! And the, uh, the panel said, okay, so he'll be playing. So you just know that's already a fairy tale story. He'll score against all of them. Peru will get through first place. He'll probably get gonna... sent off in the first match and get suspended. <laughs> um... I think Denmark will go through, but I'll tell you what, my upset then will be uh, Australia to go through over Denmark for second place. Because um, I really want them to, because that'd be quite nice. They've already overtaken Eurovision. They can take over the World Cup as well. Oh, uh, wow. I forgot they're in Eurovision. Because <laughs> that makes sense. Right, Group D, who is Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. There's two teams that I think will be quite mm. obvious that'll go through here, being Argentina and Croatia. But I like Iceland. I do like Iceland. We know they can upset. <laughs> no, I th- I think as it's first first World Cup for Iceland, obviously. So yeah, I mean they'll either go into it with harness the power of the Viking clap. <laughs> <laughs> they'll either go into it with complete fearlessness as they did with the Euros and upset England. Sorry, um, <laughs> don't or, be sorry. We suck. Or they'll go in there and just get absolutely trounced by the. Uh, one five five of Argentina. <laughs> oh man, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, can you imagine? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna uh, no, a front five of Di Maria, Messi, Aguero, Higuain, and uh, Dybala just for Argentina. They should play that and just see what happens because it'd be entertaining. Um, they wouldn't win many games, I don't think. Well, I don't know if they can just score just for the sake of it. Um, we should have at least done that in their like warm up matches and just play those five up front and just see what happens. Um, that's a fair shout have like five defenders and five that, those five up front and just you know see what happens um, yeah I, I'd i love to see Iceland go through because I do really like them especially after that Euros with when they literally got the whole crowd doing their just like whoo whoo and that, that was brilliant that was and then when they went they got back to Iceland and did it in Reykjavik with the whole town just doing it like they've got some telepathic knowledge of like they're all just stood there, just casually, like, just mind their own business. And then so all of a sudden, one guy goes, <laughs> and, then, and then they all tune in. It's like sort of a frequency of, like, they all know 
when the next clap coming, but no, unless you're not Icelandic, no one else knows. So <laughs> in the stadium, you get all the Icelandic people like chilling, and then all of a sudden they all just go in unison. <laughs> but then like you get the sort of like echo effect of everyone else that isn't Icelandic trying to catch up. So they see the Icelandic people going, going, <laughs> and then you get a sort of. Like, around the stadium of everyone else trying to catch up, which is really funny. I think I'm going to edit a headphone warning into this podcast for, the, uh, for just spontaneous Viking claps. <laughs> um, I can see it peaking on the machine. Um, Group so E. We'll swiftly move on from Viking claps. <laughs> Group E. Brazil, Switzerland, uh, Costa Rica, or Serbia? Well, I'm going to go with Brazil and Switzerland. Because um, I like Switzerland, and I can't ever see Brazil not getting out of a group stage. But... Costa Rica was it? Was it last World Cup when they had like Brian Ruiz and I, I, Joel Campbell, who is still in the squad now? I have a, a soft spot for Brian Ruiz. I don't know why. Since he signed for Fulham, I just <laughs> always really liked him he and was... sort of followed his career onward from there. I don't even—is he still playing? Is he retired? Uh, he's not in the squad, I don't think. He—he he must be in the squad. It's Brian Ruiz. I, don't, I think he's too old now. He probably is. I, last, I know Joel Campbell is. He still plays for. He still plays for Sporting Lisbon. He's still, if he's still playing Sporting Lisbon, then you expect him to maybe be there, but he's not, which is odd. He's only 32. Oh, oh no, he is in the squad. Yeah, there he is. I missed him. He is in the squad. I thought I think, I thought he was about 37, oh, which cool. is why I was like, oh, yeah, he won't be going then. Maybe then, because I think it was the World Cup, unless it was the, the Euros two years ago. Costa Rica played, especially against us. Costa Rica um, probably won't play in the Euros, though, bearing in mind that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, oh, dear. <laughs> This is going really well, isn't it? <laughs> I've only had one cup of coffee, leave me alone. I need about four to function properly. <laughs> it was the World Cup four years ago. Just cut that out, no one will notice. I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Four years ago, I, it was the World Cup because they played against us. I'm saying they played, Brian Ruiz just led this team and Joel Campbell mm. having, I th- was he just released from Arsenal or he'd just been sold or something? He was on loan to a Spanish side from Arsenal um, and then he had an unbelievable World Cup yeah because he was just like, he was trying to prove himself and he played so so well and the commitment I've never seen players run more than that Costa Rica versus England match yeah. uh, where they just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and I can't remember if they beat us or we drew or anything nil nil yeah, nil nil yeah. but they deserve to win that they were great they beat us 1-0 oh great thanks to a Brian Ruiz header that that gave me mixed emotions because I love Brian Ruiz and but I also love Italy so that was hard to deal with. Um, but we're going for Brazil, Switzerland. Yes, I think so. I think Switzerland is just a bit too good. Probably fair but, to mention Serbia a little bit. Milinkovic Savic could be one of the breakout stars of I was, the World Cup. I was really Cup. glad you said that because I've no idea how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I've probably butchered it to be honest, mate. That sounded all right. Um, the I'm not even going to try. Just call um, him Savic. That's quite a difficult group then. Yeah. Um, especially if Brazil don't perform, which we know they're capable of. Oh, yeah. Uh, see, four years ago. If we move on to Group F, Germany are obviously going through. Then the battle for second with Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea is very interesting. I mean, I'm going to go with Mexico just because Sweden knocked Italy out of the World Cup, so I don't want them to do any <laughs> anything. No bias at all there. I mean, Hyunmin Son will have to absolutely drag that South Korean he's team. The, he is the only player in that South Korea squad that I, I know of, I think. I'm going to have a really quick look. Mexico, again, Mex- they've, got, they've got some players. They've got Lozano. Uh, yeah. Love having Lozano. Manuel Corona, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito. He's still going strong. He is uh, Dos Santos. Uh, both both Dos Santoses. Both play for LA Galaxy. Guadada, who was really promising four years ago. 
Um, and then Ochoa as well, who yeah. had a great, great World Cup. And there was that uh, rumour that he had six fingers on one hand when he like absolutely saved everything against Brazil at the last World Cup. And that was just someone photoshopping and spreading it across the internet, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. <laughs> I don't remember that. That but... was... Now, Germany, definitely. They're just <coughs> yeah. too strong. Mexico, I think Lozano, much like Milinkovic-Savic for Serbia, is going to have a very good World Cup. He's had a really, really good season for PSV. I think he scored 19 goals in all competitions. Oh, wow. uh, and he can play anywhere, up front, on both wings. And do you, do you know what his nickname is? No. His nickname is El Chucky, which, uh, like Chucky. Mean? Like Chucky? The doll. Oh, from dear. the horror films because he loves scaring his teammates so they nicknamed <laughs> him that and that stuck with him for the rest of his career wow yeah I wouldn't want that as a nickname I'm going to be honest <laughs> I mean as long as he scares the defenders on the other team then that's fine <laughs> yeah, just run up to the goalkeeper and just like scream <laughs> in his face while uh, someone else passes it into the back of the net group G uh, Belgium, England, Panama and Tunisia I'm going to go with Belgium and Panama. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> of it, it, sh- it should be Belgium and England. It will if be. it's not, God, I'll hear about it on Twitter. Because <laughs> everyone will be like, England suck! Why did we even care in the first place? I, I think, and this is purely my opinion, <laughs> I think England will top that group. Uh, Belgium are not as good as They're people's. not a team. Look at the talent from a purely individual perspective. Hazard, De Bruyne, Mertens, Lukaku. Vertonghen, Alderweireld. Carrasco, yeah. who was I looking for? Doesn't play for them anymore. He moved to China as well. Did he? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For that ridiculous money deal. Anyway, the talent they have is stupid. Yes. But they haven't really I mean, they haven't performed because they're not a team. So unless Martin is an Henri, who's the assistant coach for, you know, randomly, can get them working together... They're going to struggle, but I think with the talent they've got, they just can't not qualify. You could probably, uh, I'm going to stick my neck out here, I haven't done the research, but England-Belgium could probably be the only World Cup game in the history of the World Cup to feature 22 players from the Premier League. If Belgium lined up, because Belgium have enough Premier League players they do. to line up an entire Premier League team. Mertens will start, though. Yeah, Mertens will start, and got Mounier it. will probably start. Oh, he's, he's plays at right back now, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, things with that Belgian squad, surely they'd play three at the back. Surely. Yes, they do. Because it's so strong, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they play De Bruyne, how Pep plays him, or further yeah. forward. Because so. well, I think when he came over to Man City, I think that he started playing further forward. But now he's developing into one of the best players in the world. He can just sit back and play sort of like a Tony Kroos-esque mm. uh, like role and just spray balls left, right and centre to the attacking players that Man City have got, which Belgium have as well. So whether he'll just sit back uh, and do that or whether he'll have more of attacking prowess as well. But then he, it's De Bruyne, he can probably do whatever he wants and win them the game. So we'll see. And ho- Ow! So I just hit myself with a pin. Uh, <laughs> Why are you playing with a I pin? I don't know. It was just stuck into the table. I'm going to throw it over there. Um, Looking at the final group, Group H, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. Where do you see um, that one go? I think it's probably one of the most competitive groups. It is. It is. And it, again, it very much depends on form. Um, I would go with Colombia and Poland because of their attacks. You've got uh, Lewandowski is one of the best strikers in the world. Falcao, who was one of the best strikers in the world, had a very rough three years and comes back and starts playing really, really well for Monaco again. You've got Rodriguez, who we know can perform at the World Cup. Just look at four years ago when he won 
goal of the tournament and then cried. Um, <laughs> rightly so. They got not, like knocked out and then he won goal of the season. It's a bit gut punch, really, because they did play phenomenally. Um, and top goal scorer in that World Cup as well. And top goal scorer. So, yeah, that Colombia team has got a lot of good players. They've got a lot of um, <coughs> Premier League players as well. Like, if you look at Ospina, Davinson Sanchez, uh, Jose Izquierdo, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Quadrado, who used to play there, now plays for Juventus and doing really, really well there. Mm. So they've got a lot of talent there. Um, who protect, they potentially could top the group, um, and if they start playing well, that could be really, really it could be a really good tournament for them. Um, so who who are you going to go for overall winners? I'll of, go for Colombia, yeah, and then Poland second. And for overall winners of the entire World Cup, the overall winners. Into- oh dear, I'm going to go with France because I can't overlook how strong their squad is. Um, That's fair. Because if you, if you think about some teams, like if Neymar gets injured, we saw it last time, that Brazil squad fell apart. If, um, so like look at Argentina, like if Messi gets injured, the, the habit with Argentina is they haven't, no one else has performed for them. So if Messi gets injured, what do they do? I think that France squad, if someone, they have one, they haven't got one talismanic player, which is actually quite beneficial for them, I think. So that if someone gets injured, they've got so many people that can step up and replace them. But they've also got so much talent with Griezmann, Kante, if Pogba performs. They've got a great defence. They've got Dembele. Like, so many players. So I think I will put them as my wins, I think. Probably a fair shout. How, who would you have? I'm going to go Germany. They just do it. <coughs> they do. And it never quite makes sense to me. Because, they ha- again, they haven't got... like they've, They haven't had a striker for such a long time. Um, like, the last proper... Like goal scoring striker they have with Miroslav Klose mm. um, so who is he still the World Cup yeah. leading scorer shout out World Cup all time leading goal scorer with yeah. 16 goals uh, we're betting on Muller to overtake him this tournament I reckon he will maybe not this tournament but definitely he's got two tournaments left in him yeah. I think um, um, and he will score seven goals in two tournaments yeah, I'm saying if he gets really if he scores four then he'll definitely do it um, yeah we'll have um We'll have like Muller watch. Yeah, I was literally about to say that Muller watch. I was going to say a Muller corner, but that <laughs> that's a tasty treat. Um, they'll probably end up scoring a corner or something from a corner at some point. So just it'll just be somewhat like Hummels heads it on, and then Muller just taps it in from five inches out. Um, Pretty sure that's how Closer scored all of his sixteen goals. Well, they he headed them in from six inches out. <laughs> five five headers in a row were his first oh. five goals. Hat trick against Saudi Arabia. So I could score a hat trick against Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Five headers, though. No, maybe not. Um, yeah, so that could be very interesting to watch. See if Muller can overtake closer. But they Germany still do it without these this like threat up front or again many standout talents. The best player they've got is Cruz, obviously, mm. um, and they've got a very good defense, which does really really help because they've got the best defense in the tournament, I think. So we'll see how they do and if they can get a lot of this a lot of their young players firing. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see. Maybe it might be a France Germany final then, if uh, if everything works out. Um, and I think probably Spain and Brazil in the semis. Right, I'm going to give you the first of my little featurettes because you like to call them featurettes. Featurettes, I know. You, you love a good, isn't it? You love a good featurette. So each week we're going to take a tie at the World Cup and look back through history and see how those teams have performed against each other at other international tournaments. So. I thought I'd kick us off with the first week. Portugal, Spain. It's probably 
the biggest game in the group stages of this year's World Cup. Other than maybe England-Belgium, yeah. Yes, other than England-Belgium, that's fair to say. Um, so they've played at World Cups not that many times. They've no. played a lot of international friendlies. Uh, do you want to hazard a guess as what the record is? Uh, Portugal versus Spain. Shall I pretend you didn't tell me earlier? Yes. Uh, I would go with maybe like 11-8 to Spain. No, uh, Spain have won 18. 18. <laughs> and uh, Portugal have only won six. At a World Cup, they have ne- Portugal have never beaten Spain. So the current results, 1934 was the first time they played. Uh, it was 9-0 to Spain. And that was the time where they played each other twice in the same World Cup. So... <laughs> Uh, 9-0 imagine losing 9-0 and then a week later having to play again they only lost 2-1 well, you can imagine if you're Brazil uh, <laughs> <laughs> they only lost 2-1 only 2-1 that's so, a good comeback well like good mental fight that is after losing 9-0 uh, then it was only 25 years later that they played each other again at the 1950 World Cup Spain won 5-1 uh, but the return Portugal drew 2 well they drew 2 not Portugal drew 2 <laughs> Um then it was a long, 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 long time before they played each other. Another World Cup. Uh, it was 2010. Do you Tell remember me. the score in South Africa? I actually don't. It was 1-0. A lot closer oh. than the rest of them. So- <laughs> 1-0 sounds really boring when you go, oh, they lost 9-0 <laughs> whenever. Um, so, yeah. Portugal <laughs> have never, ever beaten Spain um, at a World Cup. They have, however, beaten them at an international tournament. Can you guess what international tournament that would have been? Uh, well, it won't be the Euros because you wouldn't have asked me otherwise. Uh, how many other international tournaments can the two compete in if they're not winning the world? If they haven't been, was it was it the Euros? the Euros? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to think is there some like really weird like you know how they do like confederations weird, cup yeah or, like, like weird international tournament things yeah, yeah over no, the Euros they beat him in two thousand and four en route to winning it uh, they beat him one nil all right but of course they played at Euro twenty twelve as well and Spain beat them <laughs> on penalties I still think Spain will win. Yeah, I think <coughs> I think Spain will win as well. And so that's my one for this week. Spain Portugal <laughs> not looking good for Portugal, looking very good for Spain. So that's it for our World Cup coverage for this introductory episode for the Game Time podcast. Um, if you agree, disagree, absolutely hate anything we've said, or want to offer a different opinion, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Game Time underscore Pod, or give us an email at gametimepodcast one at gmail Listen to all every opinion offered and we'll talk about it next week in our next recording.